What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Disney announced earlier this month that ESPN Plus, their sports streaming service, was getting a 42% price hike. So today's podcast breaks down why they made that decision, what it means for consumers, and where we are headed next. I hope you enjoyed this conversation, but before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. I've been wearing a Whoop for several years now, and it has made a massive difference in my life. It's the only tech product that I wear 24-7, so it's pretty cool to see people like Patrick Mahomes, Rory McIlroy, Michael Phelps, and Justin Bieber wearing one also. Whoop automatically measures your respiratory rate, oxygen level, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. Sure, it might sound complex, but Whoop interprets the data for you so it's easy to digest and actionable. And now, their 4.0 is officially back in stock and shipping in real time. But here's the best part. Whoop is offering my listeners 15% off their Whoop 4.0 right now with the code Joe at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com and enter Joe at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Next up is 8sleep. 8sleep has dramatically improved my daily performance. For me, I was never able to get a good sleep because I was always too hot. But now I'm falling asleep in record time, faster than I have before all thanks to my 8sleep Pod Pro cover. The Pod Pro cover by 8sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. You can add the cover to any mattress. The temperature regulation will create the optimal sleeping environment by adjusting to each side of the bed based on personalized sleep stages, biometrics, and bedroom temperature. The results are proven to be true. 8sleep users fall asleep up to 32% faster, reduce sleep interruptions by 40%, and get overall more restful sleep. And it's not just me who sleeps on an 8sleep. The product is so good that it's garnered the attention of CEOs, Olympians, UFC champions, and even the Mercedes F1 racing team. So go to 8sleep.com slash Joe, that's J-O-E, for exclusive Memorial Day savings through June 6. Cool down this summer with 8sleep, now shipping within the USA, UK, Canada, and Australia. Next up is Element. I've been focusing on my hydration levels for the past few months, and I've learned that chugging water isn't the most important thing but replenishing electrolytes is. When you sweat, the primary electrolyte loss is sodium. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. But since drinking Element, I feel more energized and experience fewer headaches and muscle cramps. It's simple. I just add it to my water every morning and I'm ready to go. No sugar, no junk. There's a reason why hundreds of pro athletes and teams across the NBA and NFL are using it also. That's because it works. And now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. So go get yours at drinkelement.com slash Joe. This deal is only available through my link. So make sure you go to drink, D-R-I-N-K, Element, L-M-N-T, dot com slash Joe. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's get into this episode. All right, what's going on, everyone? We're going to talk quickly today about ESPN Plus's price and their price hike that they recently did. So for those that don't know, Disney announced a couple of weeks ago now that they are raising the price of ESPN Plus from $6.99 per month to $9.99 per month. And by year end, the service will be going from an annual price of $69.99 per year to $99.99 per year. So basically $70 to $100, 
or $7 to $10. So that's a 43% price increase. And it's the third price hike for ESPN Plus in the last three years. So if you think about ESPN Plus monthly price historically, when it came out in 2018, it was worth $5 per month. That's what subscribers were paying. 2020, it went up to $6. 2021, it went to $7. And in 2022, it went up to $10. So we've increased all the way from $6 to $10 over the course of two years with COVID and, and rights and all of those kind of things. So massive, massive, massive increase. And there's one important note is that ESPN Plus's price won't increase as part of the Disney streaming bundle. So if you have Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and ad-supported Hulu, your price will remain at $13.99 per month and $19.99 per month for the same package for Hulu without ads. So this is a good time to re-examine and kind of just look at where ESPN Plus has come over the last few years. So if you look at 2019 all the way to 2022, in Q1 of 2019, and Q2 of 2019, they had about one and a half to two million subscribers, depending on what period of time you looked at it. Now, fast forward all the way to Q2 of 2022, they have 22 million subscribers. So they've gained 20 million subscribers in call it basically three years. Massive, massive, massive success. If you look at the chart, it is just straight up into the right. And I think there's a few different reasons for this, right? So the most logical question is like, why are they raising the price so much? Are they just getting greedy? Are they trying to turn a profit? Like, what is the deal here? And I think the profit is certainly part of it. If you look at Disney stock price overall, and you exclude the COVID-19 stock market shock that we saw in 2020, where everything basically just bottomed out due to the world shutting down, Disney stock price currently sits at its lowest level, $99 per share, that it's been at in nearly a decade, right? And that's without even considering 40-year high inflation in the United States and other parts of the world. So when all these other asset prices balloon due to the US printing money and other countries around the world printing money, Disney hasn't really benefited that much, right? People were staying at home, subscribers were jumping, their business you would expect to do much better over this kind of period of time. But part of the reason for this is that the company has been losing a ton of money in their transition to streaming. So the company reported, Disney we're talking about, reported $887 million in an operating loss for its streaming services for the second quarter of its fiscal 2022 year. That's up from $290 million a year ago, right? So they were losing $290 million from an operating perspective a year ago during the second quarter. Now they reported an $887 million loss. So losses are accelerating largely. And you say, okay, maybe a 42% bright hike for ESPN Plus starts to make a lot of sense. If investors and financial and equity analysts want them to turn a profit, okay, I could see why you would hike the price 42%. So I think profitability is certainly part of it, of course. And then you look at kind of where this is all headed, right? So Disney has more than 22 million subscribers on ESPN Plus currently. Investors want to see a profit. Increasing prices 40% is probably one of the easiest ways to do that, is just increase the rate for the people that are already on your service. New subscribers pay the same amount. It increases the lifetime value. If your CAC stay the same, you're, you're obviously more profitable and all those things. So I think that's one important part. The fun fact about this is that, and Daniel Cohen pointed this out on, on Twitter a few weeks ago. He said that ESPN Plus at $9.99 a month is officially now more expensive than the cable subscription cost of ESPN, which is $8.15 per month. ESPN Plus has 22.3 million subs, and ESPN, the cable bundle channel, has 75.7 million subs. So we've now got to this point in time where the streaming service of ESPN, obviously there's, there's different things, right? So ESPN offers more live events. It's, it's where the majority of their rights sit, their media rights sit, and people can watch these things in real time. And then ESPN Plus has a larger library of content, and there's more things for you to watch, historical, et cetera, on demand, everything like that. So two 
very different products, really. But it's interesting to see that ESPN Plus now costs more than ESPN on the cable bundle, which I think people didn't expect necessarily happen this fast. But I think more if you kind of just zoom out for a little bit, not only do you owe kind of ESPN a lot of credit for the amount of subscribers that they've been able to drive. And sure, a large part of this for people that don't know is through the bundle. It's impossible to tell kind of what number or what percentage of the 22 million subscribers are coming through that bundle. But if you're saying, okay, ESPN Plus is now going to be $10 a month and the other bundle is going to be $14 per month and you get Disney Plus, you get Hulu, et cetera, then it starts to make a lot more sense that you would just sign up for that. And I think that a lot of that is driven by that because even if you just want Disney and Hulu and ESPN Plus is an add-on, then that's a better deal to do from a financial perspective for a household. So a lot of subscribers have obviously been driven by that. Product is still immensely popular. And I think that we need to zoom out for a second and just give ESPN a lot of credit because I think part of this price hike just has to do simply with the fact that they've added a ton of value to the ESPN Plus service over the last few years. Sure, right? I don't know exactly down to the dollars and cents kind of what their profitability is on each subscriber. But at the end of the day, when you think about what they've been able to do from a rights perspective, it's super, super, super important. Because we all know this by now that live media rights are the most valuable asset in the world for these TV providers and these media companies. 94 out of the top 100 most watched programs on linear television last year were live sporting events. 75 of those events were NFL games alone. And people are spending billions of dollars on exclusive content to drive subscribers, increase retention, and maintain favorable lifetime value. So I think that when you look at ESPN+, ESPN has done an incredible job of basically brokering or negotiating the ability for ESPN Plus to have coverage across all of their media rights deals. For example, ESPN Plus now offers more than 22,000 live events, and virtually all of their new media deals include a carve-out component for ESPN Plus. Okay, so let's talk through a few examples, right? So the NFL. ESPN recently negotiated or renewed its NFL broadcast rights for $2.7 billion per year, which includes Monday Night Football and exclusive regular season games. What's that got to do with ESPN Plus? As part of the new deal, any game that airs on ESPN or ABC will be simulcast on ESPN Plus, and ESPN Plus also gets an exclusive international series game, which will be the London game between the Broncos and Jaguars on October 30th. So that right there is a perfect example, and I think Formula One's another great example, of these deals where ESPN goes to these sports properties, NFL in this case, Formula One in another case, and they say, hey, look, we're going to do this massive rights deal. We're going to pay you a bunch of money, but we want a carve-out component for ESPN Plus to drive value to that platform and continue to gain subscribers. Because we all know we're at this, this weird dichotomy now where not only is cable losing subscribers, they've lost millions and millions and continue to lose maybe 5 million plus subscribers per year given on the year. That's obviously accelerated actually through the COVID pandemic. But now the streaming services are, are gaining subscribers and we're kind of seeing this crossroads where if you own these major media properties, and I think ESPN is in a unique case where their cable package isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Like you're going to hit a floor of maybe it's 50, maybe it's 55, maybe it's less million subscribers. And you'll probably sit there for a long time, right? So. We'll see what happens on that front. But I do think it's unique because same thing with MLB, right? ESPN's paying Major League Baseball $3.85 billion over seven years to broadcast Sunday Night Baseball, five other exclusive games, and wildcard games. All of those games can be simulcast on ESPN+. Plus. NHL, same thing. ESPN Plus and Hulu actually split 75 exclusive NHL games each season, right? So you're getting exclusive content, which is the big thing. If you want to watch this game and the only place you can watch it is on ESPN Plus or Hulu, you got to sign up, right? So they're adding a ton of subscribers to some of this exclusive content. Wimbledon, same thing. PGA Tour, same thing. 
UFC, they've been doing this for a long, 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 long period of time. Not only can you watch kind of the prelims and stuff like that, but now ESPN Plus is the, the exclusive pay-per-view home of the UFC and UFC Fight Nights. And they've even raised the price on that. I think the old events used to be $70, and now they're $75, which is the third time that they've increased those prices. And I talked about Formula One for a second earlier. But the thing about Formula One is that, so most people know that these rights were, Formula One literally gave them the ESPN for free a few years ago. And then they increased it. It was $5 million a year that ESPN was paying for the exclusive rights to Formula One races in the United States. We don't need to go through it anymore. Everyone knows how much more popular Formula One has become over the last few years, specifically in the United States. Most races are averaging over a million viewers now. We've got certain races that are averaging over 2 million viewers per race. And now it's been reported by Sports Business Journal that ESPN is going to pay 75 to $90 million per year to broadcast Formula One on its platforms through 2025, right? So three more years on top of that. But the interesting part to me was that Formula One has reportedly agreed to let ESPN broadcast a small number of races exclusively on ESPN Plus, right? And this goes back to that whole point of like, where are you deriving value from? And ESPN has made it clear that any rights deal that they sign, they're going to include a carve-out component for ESPN Plus where they can get exclusive content on the platform. So if you're a massive Formula One fan in the United States, if you're a massive NFL fan in the United States, if you're a massive NHL fan in the United States, take any of these things, UFC, La Liga, Bundesliga, the PLL, et cetera, right? There's just so many, Wimbledon, PGA Tour. You have to have ESPN Plus because there's going to be exclusive content that's available there live that you can't see anywhere else in the world. And I think that's been a huge part of the success that they've had. And the reason why I say all this, right, and I go through this long-winded answer is that all of that costs money, right? They're spending so much money, billions and billions and billions of dollars every single year on exclusive rights because they know that that is the most valuable asset in the world. Live TV and linear television, the only two things holding that together are very clearly live sports and cable news, right? Just news, live news, breaking news. And those are the only two things that people are paying for. Movies they can get elsewhere. TV shows they can get elsewhere. All this other stuff they can get elsewhere. So I think in the context of that, you have to zoom out and you just have to say, okay, not only are they paying billions and billions and billions of dollars every single year for this live exclusive content that I can't get anywhere else, maybe it's worth it, maybe it's not, right, to a certain individual. But they also have built up this incredible platform that has all this original content, right? So they've invested heavily, not only in live rights, but now they have this library of content that they're building that has really incredible original content. So those are things like Man in the Arena, Peyton's Places, Eli's Places, Stephen A's World, More Than an Athlete, Fantasy Show, Why Not Us, America's Caddy, Detail, and more. So I think ESPN, what we're thinking about now is like they've done an incredible job of not only building up this platform, it has only over 20 million subscribers currently. That number is only going to continue to grow, not only through the bundle, but the amount of people that are willing to pay for this exclusive content. And I think they're doing exactly what they've done over cable for the last you know few decades, which is you continue to pay up. You use the capital that you have on your balance sheet to buy these exclusive rights. And then you basically lure people in because they have nowhere else to watch it in the world. And we've seen time and time and time again just based off those numbers, right? 75 of the top 100 broadcasts last year were NFL games. 94 out of the top 100 were sports live events in particular. And we've seen that's what gets subscribers. That is how ESPN Plus is going to do it. And with that becomes an increasing price. So we're already at $10 per month. It's obviously going to go higher and higher and higher. They've increased prices three times over the last three years alone. It's going to get expensive. We all know this by now. If you added up your Netflix bill, your ESPN Plus bill, maybe you have HBO, maybe you have Hulu, maybe you have the Disney bundle, maybe you have all these other services, right? And you add it up, it's probably already more expensive than what you're paying on cable already. 
And it's only going to get worse because now it's all fragmented, right? All these platforms own different things. You have to pay more. When it was all bundled together on another cable program, it was cheaper. I think ESPN Plus is a prime example of that, of the, using the value of live sports rights to continue to drive value for the subscriber base that they built. I think it's only going to get bigger. And I actually think ESPN Plus probably deserves a lot of credit. You see 42% price hiking. You say, ah, this is corporate greed. They're just trying to charge more. They want to kind of increase profitability and attract new investors to make it current investors happy. They want to raise their stock price and do all these things. And totally understand this is the business at the end of the day. And I think that that deserves a lot of attention. But also, I think that there is some value that goes back to, look, they're paying billions and billions and billions of dollars for these rights. Sure, some of that money is made back through the cable package and so forth. But some of that has to be made back through ESPN+. This has to be a profitable service for them to continue to do that. And I think that it's obviously increased value and it's, it's valuable for consumers. Otherwise, people wouldn't pay for it, et cetera. And I think it'll be fascinating to see where this ends up, right? But if you told me, hey, over the next four or five years, this service could be worth $13, $14, $15 per month, not surprising at all, especially in the face of not only inflation, but the value that's actually being derived from the service. If they continue to buy rights, if they continue to add value, you have to reflect that in the price. And I think that's where we're headed. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. But more importantly, I think the interesting part to me will be watching how Disney tightropes this eventual cannibalization of its cable business, right? In favor of streaming, because you're walking this tightrope now of like, you're adding value to streaming, you're taking value away from cable, cable subs are declining, streaming is increasing. At what point do you kind of get to this crossroads where you have to determine where you're going to look at the future of your business? I think we're kind of a far way away from that already, at least today, but we're headed in that direction. I think that's going to be the interesting part for me, just seeing kind of where we end up. This is far from the end, much more will come from this, but it's a fascinating conversation. And I'll keep you guys updated as I learn more. Have a great day. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pomp Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.